Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass presented by Nolan Consulting Group, a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop their teams, and build sustainable growth so that business operations don't run solely through them. We want to get business owners out of the hourglass. Today's episode features the sales guys, Andrew Amaran and Jim Falk. They have a discussion on a number of topics, including what the upcoming winter looks like from a sales perspective, how to implement identity role theory into your thought process, and the importance of preparation before each and every prospect meeting. Thanks for listening, and as always, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show. All right, thanks, Carter, for the intro, and I'm back here. I'm Andrew. And I'm Jim. And we are... The, the sales guys. guys, Jimmy. Great to be back with you. Uh, it's been uh, too long. How, how long it's has been it been? Too long. I want to say August. It's been too long. Oh, okay, then it's not been long enough. <laughs> not long enough. <laughs> so we're going to jump right into it. Our topic today: we are talking about identity role and QPQ. I think it's good timing. Um, so there's a ton of noise going on right now. I'm, I'm not going to get into specifics just i don't think you need to <laughs> tons of noise uh on top of we would normally be talking about this topic anyway this time of year which just amplifies i think just about all the identity role and qbq that's needed right now um so can you bring us in jimmy into uh your world right now what what's your team working on i don't know if you want to be in my world right now no, I don't. I, well, I, I don't actually. I, but that's okay. I, I like to observe <laughs> you in your world. Uh, if you say so, that'd be uh, a little scary. That'd be a little scary. So listen, <laughs> twenty twenty. Enough said, right? Right. Uh, it, it, we we will for the rest of our lives never forget this this year, this date. It's almost like when nine eleven occurred. You knew everybody remembers exactly where they were in that moment. Um, and so this this year is forever ingrained um, and, and etched into our memory and, and not in such a positive way, unfortunately. Um, it's been a challenging year. Andrew, you hit the nail on the head. There's there's no shortage of noise. Uh, what's happening in this world, you know, from uh, elections to uh, riots in the in the streets, in the cities to covid to to business shutdowns. Uh, not just here in the U.S., but worldwide. Um, okay, you're really killing my identity uh, role here. <laughs> well, that's good. Like we got to break it down first. Okay, QBQ, self-talk, self-talk. <laughs> so I, I've just found it to be extremely important, um, more so than ever before, to um, maintain a healthy identity. And so I want to share a, a story. I'm going to go back a few months, uh, March 19th, of this year was the date that we found out here at Nolan Painting that we were being shut down by the state because of the pandemic. And, uh, I mean, it, it rocked our world. And I, and I remember um, that weekend, so that was a Thursday we found out. By, by Friday the 20th, we had to have the business shut down. And I remember that weekend just being kind of wrought with a combination of fear, anxiety, and, and anger and and I I felt like a victim and I, I was like th- thoughts like were going through my head such as you know why is this happening why is this happening to me you know woe is me the world's coming to an end 
And I, and I realized after a few days of that, that I was clearly thinking like a victim. And, and that's, so at that point, there, I was having identity crisis. There's no doubt. Because one of my major roles, well, a couple of major roles, one as a, as a salesperson here at Nolan Painting, but as a breadwinner for my family, like two of my roles were just ripped out of my world. And I allowed that to affect my identity in a negative way. Um, that was the first, the first step of my breakdown. But then the second was that think, thinking in that victim mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, why is this happening to me? And um, it took a few days to get out of that funk. And I realized, you know, going back to QBQ, you know, the question behind the question, okay, I'm thinking like a victim. And there's so much of this that's out of my control but I have to look at what's in my control. Mm-hmm. So, you know, QBQ, we talk all the time about, you know, the, the two key components of QBQ it is asking the right questions. And the right questions begin with how or what and have the pronoun I in it. So when I start asking questions like why is this happening to me, that's victim thinking. But when I started to ask the right questions, what can I do to make this a better situation for me and my family or for other people I work with, I started to think clearer. And I, and it was like, I realized, oh yeah, the sun will shine tomorrow. And I actually began to formulate, I called it a COVID plan. I actually have it right here in my book. And I looked at everything from my budget uh, to it, was there things that we needed to change? Cause we didn't know how long we were going to be shut down. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to look at the, the economics of, of our family unit Um, I, I was, how can I, how can I do things that affect me in a positive way? So I looked for volunteer opportunities, donating blood, things like that. And I asked, you know, what, what can I do to make this better for our team? How can I keep in touch Mm -hmm. with our sales team? Because they're, they're having the same thoughts as I am. And they're, they're, they're in that crisis mode. So as soon as I began to take the proper actions and formulate my own plan, um, I felt so much better about the whole situation. You know, it's, if anything, I think the last eight months or whatever it is uh, has proved the uh, axiom correct. Action and anxiety cannot coexist Mm. because a lot of people like you, it it took a couple days, but then we started acting uh, and asking better questions. So we're, we're headed into what could be a tough winter. I think that's part of the anxiety is we don't know. Um, yeah, we don't know. Um, and listen, you know, and anybody that's been been doing this for any period of time knows that uh, winters are tough. You know, works, even in the best of times, works a little more scarce. Um, job sizes are smaller. Uh, there's more contractors fighting over a smaller pool of work. Um, now you throw COVID in the mix and the uncertainty what, what this winter is going to bring, you know, with the pandemic. Um, you know, it, it, one can only, it, it's hard not to, to think and worry about what's going to happen. But again, I, I continue to remind myself, like, there's so many things in this world that are out of my control. Um, like, you know, the riots that are happening now, um, whatever happens with the election and the results, um, what's going to happen this winter? Like, is, are the government's going to shut us down again or, or, or are we going to work in a limited capacity? That, that stuff is out of my control. Um, my IR tells me, okay, 
what are the what are the positive things that I can do and, and control in my roles, you know, whether it's from my family life or my professional life that are going to make a positive impact going into winter. And that's that's what we continue to focus on. So can you walk us through your in, in your steps to get out of the funk? And as we as we let's relate it to what's going on right now in the sense that how the heck are we going to build business and do prospecting and business development in this new COVID world. Mm. This is this is the question I get asked a lot. Who's doing what? Yeah. And how are they doing it? And how are people using or doing business development in the new COVID world? And so it it is. We're we're headed into a very uh, unknown and experimental time right now. And uh, maybe why don't we head for the maybe the newer listeners hearing us. Let's define identity role because we can't let in this experimental new world that we're in where we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone and try new things, especially with business development. We cannot let how we perform or the results of our uh, behaviors affect how we think and feel about ourselves. Yeah. In other words, if something doesn't work out, that doesn't make you a bad person. Try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you walk us through maybe some of the word tracks that you've been giving yourself or the self-talk you've been having to stay focused? Yeah, well, so and that's why I think these two um, these two topics merge and marry so nicely um, because they really do work hand in hand. So, you know, IR, that's uh, identity role theory was um, a theory based on a lot of uh, David Sandler's teachings many years ago. And it, it explains in a, in a very clear fashion why um, people fail at, at different things. So he, he always talked about that uh, people experience what he called identity role confusion. OK, so, you know, we all have a million roles in our lives, you know, whether it's parent, you know, sibling, uh, business owner, leader, salesperson, uh, mentor. You know, if I if I ask you to take five minutes to write down all the roles in your life, uh, you'd probably need another four days to accomplish that. Um, our identity, on the other hand, is 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 the person. The way I I view it, it's the person. It's how you feel about yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror. How comfortable are you in your own skin? It it's your feeling of self worth, uh, self confidence, swagger, uh, if you will. And the problem, the problems um, creep in is that when so when a person experiences identity role confusion, they may fail in a particular role. You know, maybe you didn't maybe you didn't get the job you the the sale or the job that you wanted or anticipated. Um, you know, maybe you didn't have the business year that you anticipated as an owner. Um, you know, maybe something happened in in your family life or as a mentor or as a coach and and didn't didn't go the way you wanted. Too many times as human beings, and it is human nature, when we experience role failure, we allow that to affect our, our feeling of self-worth, our identity. And we, uh, we associate that role failure with a failure of ourselves as a human being. Okay, And so over time, I've learned, because I struggled with this years ago, like I nearly got out of sales, as you know, Andrew, because I hated... Mm-hmm. I hated the customer's process, and I was not comfortable hearing no. I allowed it to affect myself personally. It was like somebody somebody rejected Nolan Painting and our service. It was a rege- it was a clear rejection of me, and it just it it spiraled downward quickly. 
So I learned to stop thinking along those lines. I realized, okay, there is, there, there, I need to separate my role from my identity and, and have, have what Sandler called a force field. Don't ever allow your, your role performance, whether it's good or bad, affect how you feel about yourself. Because from the time we're born, the time we take our first breath, um, we have an I-10 identity, right? We know that. But it's our IR confusion over time and over decades that allows us to erode how we feel about ourselves. So one clear way, and this is why these topics marry nicely, is one clear way to get out of that, those types of funks is, is, again, look at what you can control and ask the right mm -hmm. questions. You know, what, what, so, okay, you're, you're, you're not closing at the rate you wanted to, to, to use a sales uh, metric. So take a look at, at your process. Instead of thinking, you know, instead of thinking as a victim, you know, why can't I close at 50% like Chuck? Or, you know, why aren't customers getting back to me? Why are people hiding from me all the time? Don't, that's victim thinking. When you ask questions like that, you're clearly thinking as a victim, and I guarantee your identity is not where it needs to be. But by asking the right questions, okay, let's look at, let's look at the process in the mirror. You know, what can I do differently? What can I implement? What, what do I need to change to make a positive outcome or a positive change in this particular role? As soon as you ask, begin to ask those questions, you said it, Andrew. I, I love that saying that action is, the, action is the enemy of fear and worry. Yeah. As soon as you start to take positive action, uh, amazing things start to happen, and you begin to think differently. So uh, why don't we, can we walk it forward a little bit, and let me ask you, so what are the things that you're doing right now to prepare or to get what actions are you taking right now to stay in a good mindset for what we can clearly see coming ahead of us uh, sometimes it's it's veiled we don't we, we know it's winter but we don't know what kind of winter it's going to be so what are you working on well right now yeah it's, a, it's an interesting question and you're right we don't know what kind of winter it is we're, we're in the process of of business planning we've been we've been in the process for the last month for 2021 and, and honestly, none of us know what um, another month is going to look like, let alone what next year is going to look like or 12 months down the road. And again, so a lot of that's out of our control. But what we can control. So right now, we're, things are still good. I mean, sales is not an issue. We're still seeing a high volume of calls. Uh, the sales team in general is closing at a high sales rate. I think it's, imp it's important to just remind yourself that um, you have to, no matter, even if you think you're going to, there's a potential of being shut down or business being shut down over the winter, don't stop what's made you successful so far. Plan, plan and do the behaviors that have made you successful right now. Make sure that you're, you're being thoughtful with the sales process. Make sure you're spending time with prospecting or business building activities. Uh, make sure you're a part of organizations and seen as an expert in the field. Don't stop doing those things that have made you successful. Yeah. That's, that's all in your control. So I, I think this is a key point. And I, I think sales is a major confidence game. Being confident in yourself, being confident in your product, being confident in your customer base, that there are enough customers out there that want what you're selling. But the thing is, I, I see too many sales reps, uh, commercial, residential, uh, of, of, any, of many different trades, um, Placing their confidence on unsteady ground. 
And I would say, you, you mentioned it, confidence, the right kind of confidence, comes from preparation. A mindset of confidence is incredibly important in sales. The right kind of confidence comes from preparation. So I, I think uh, I'm, I'm finishing up watching, finally, uh, Last Dance, and uh, Jordan mentions that uh, multiple times, being prepared, how prepared they were for their games. So going back to your past customer list, right now, don't wait, do it now. Who are your A-list customers? Things like um, going back to previous bids. What bids have you been working on? Who haven't you worked with in a while? What relationships have maybe slipped? And who do you need? Let's restart those relationships now before I need it. Because mm -hmm. if I wait until I need it, then it's, it's too late. I don't have, I don't, there's not enough time to do the relational work and try to ask for work too soon. Start that now. So I, I think the confidence of preparation, find every way that you can prepare right now. And okay, sure. The challenge right now is, well, what am, Drew, what am I preparing for? Well, I don't really know. It's not super clear. So over-prepare. Now the victim thinking starts. Well, why, why do I have to do this? Why is it this way? Why, the why questions, right? QBQ. What can I do now to make progress, to make things different? Well, it's prepare. So over-prepare, team. I see too many sales reps going in, winging it. They don't clearly understand the customer's pain. They don't clearly understand why the customer's buying, whether it's commercial, um, big jobs, general contracting. Um, I, I like to say artisan trades, the painting, landscaping, roofing. They're going in depending on either brand or assuming that there's they can capture something on a price differential. I, I can just cut my price 10% and I'll, and I'll close it. Prepare. Know what part of the process you're going to emphasize during this point, right? I mean, we, we talk about it all the time that setting the table is immensely important, and I think it's doubly important now. Um, understanding why the customer is buying, what pain uh, am I solving here, and is there enough pain for me to have value? Um, and so rehearsing those uh prior to, or, or even as your sales team in your sales meetings, role-playing, right? I mean, I, we're both huge fans of role-playing that in your sales meetings, getting prepared for the unknown, over-prepare. Yeah, <clears throat> I like that. So it reminds me of uh, Connell Mulraney, who's our uh, field supervisor here at Nolan Painting and, and our training czar, if you will. Um, he, he's got this phrase beaten into my head, um, and he, he, he says, proper preparation prevents poor performance and that 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 caps it all there so you know we did just record you complimenting connell <laughs> connell i hope you're not listening right now there could <laughs> we could have problems with this in the future <laughs> i gave connell his kudos but no you're you're spot on so credit where credit is due right so i so i'll share that you know what we're doing right now is we're controlling what we can control in our world we are planning 2021 and we've already began what's our sales strategy look like? What's our marketing strategy look like? And we've all had, there's six of us that are on the management team. We've all had discussions that, hey, we're going to, we're, we're planning, but understand that the plan could be fluid. 
But that doesn't mean that you just stop in your tracks because you're wor worried and concerned about what's going to happen this winter. Now's the time to take action. And, and Andrew, I love what you say, too, because uh, so I'm going to share a story. Thinking back to the Great Recession of 08, 09, boy, it was a tough time. So anybody that's listening that was selling in this industry at that time knows it was a brutal time because people just weren't spending on their homes in a big way. And I realized going into that recession, um, when things really started to get tough, instead of whining like, oh, I'm not hitting numbers, mm. you know, why is this happening to us? I looked at myself in the mirror. I can't and I do said, anything about this. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Ugh. All victim thinking, hundred percent, Andrew. And maybe all, maybe all that's true, but it it's head trash. I, I get this question sometimes. How do you know something is head trash? Like you keep telling me that's head trash, but it's not head trash to me. It's true. And I say, yeah, okay, it is true. There's there's this. Why is this happening? And um, I can't do anything about it. It's not my fault. All that's true. Can you do anything about it? Right. No. Okay, it's head trash. What can I do now to make the situation better? Yep, 100%. So that's so when we hit that great recession, I I looked and I said I I looked at myself and I said I need to make improvements in my sales game, my sales process cuz it's mm -hmm. it was a tough time. And um, I just shared this story recently. Um, one of the things that I really committed to and I, that I wasn't really doing well before then because pre-recession, pre things were pretty good and, and sales were coming a lot easier. Um, I really perfected my next step agreement. That was the one thing that was really missing from, from my sales process. And when I really perfected that what's next and when, um, that understanding what our clear next steps look like together, the stronger and the better I was at, at, at setting that, um, the higher my close rate went. And, and that was a big takeaway because once we came out of the recession, I continued the, those good, those positive behaviors that made me su successful at that point. And it just, it changed my world in a positive way. You know, I'm, I, uh, in the sales that I do now, certainly for Nolan Consulting Group, I'm pretty direct about it. So what do you think our next step should be? Or in consideration for the work we've done here together, where, where do you think we should go here? Uh, temperature close is a good one. You know, on a, on a scale of one to 10, kind of a silly question, on a scale of one to 10, one being you hate my guts and you never want to see me again, and 10 being let's do it, where do you think you are? Um, asking for a next step, what's that sound like for you? Yeah. Well, so there, you know, for me, there's three key components to a good next step agreement, and we've talked about this mm -hmm. uh, many times at our various sales boot camps. Um, first one is is ensuring that there's no pressure on the customer. Um, I, I let them know actually when you you reference setting the table, uh, Andrew. So when I set the table with the customer, I I let them know I'm like I want to take the pressure off this situation. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want you to feel like like this is a high pressure situation. I'm just here to see if potentially there's a good fit between us and your particular project. And if for any reason there's not, that's okay. Like just all I ask is that you let me know and I promise you no hard feelings. So making sure the customer is aware of that is key. Um, but secondly, it's got to be about the customer and about their benefit. And third, it's got to be specific. So 
you know, the way I'll, I'll approach it, Andrew, is a lot of times, you know, Andrew, I really appreciate all your time today. Um, it's been great meeting with you and getting to know you and uh, a little bit about your stroke. project. Nice. Little stroke, of course. Um, you know, typically uh, what I like to do is set up a time. Um, we can do it in person or I'd be glad to do it uh, via phone or Zoom, whatever you're comfortable with. Just to walk through the details one more time. As I mentioned earlier, you know, a big part of our success is really – not only understanding the scope, but, but each other's expectations up front. And, and when we take the time to do that, in the end, everybody's a lot happier. And that's our goal. I, I really want a happy customer. So I'd like to, to take the time to walk through um, some of the pertinent details one last time. And also, as, as you walk through the proposal, you're likely to develop some questions as well. And, and it'll give us a chance to address any questions or concerns you may have. Um, so with that in mind, if you have your calendar handy, perhaps we could set up a time for our next meeting together now. I love it. I mean, what are they going to say? No? I mean, how, who's going to say no to that? Well, that's it. So, so it's specific. Treat your next steps agreements as a, a next meeting, just like you treated the initial meeting with that client. But make it about the customer. Like, I made that about Andrew, who was my customer in that moment. Like, I... You're going to have questions and, you know, give us a chance to address those and any concerns. And I want to make sure that I have your ex the expectations met and make sure the details are managed up front. That's all about Andrew, the customer. And that's that's a su successful next. So step I'm, I'm going to encourage our listeners here to bookmark this recording. And there are several recordings prior to this. Rewind and listen to these word tracks over and over again until you memorize them. Get them, get them memorized. Practice them. I think the theme, maybe the the unspoken theme that we uh, has emerged here is don't wing it. Don't wing it with your identity role. Have word tracks, uh, self talk, um, affirmations written and ready. Don't. Uh, wing it with your confidence. Do not put confidence. Oh, gimmicks was the word I was trying mm. to. You've used you've used that word before. Sales gimmicks, yeah. little tricks to get people to buy. The time pressure or um, uh, other sales tricks. I got one the other day. I was actually we we're looking at installing a new door, and I got the um, the workload gimmick. If I don't have to come back, or if we don't have to follow up that saves us money. So if we close now, I could give you X percent off. And I thought, well, does that mean that the price you gave me before was too high? Yeah. And now this is the right price? That's interesting. My confidence yeah. in this process went through the floor. <laughs> like I, all of a sudden it, I, I thought I was, I mean, were you overcharging me before? Yeah. Don't, don't put your confidence in gimmicks. Put your confidence in, in preparation in the sales process. Find out their pain. Why are they buying? So I think a good example of this, and I like to highlight more of a, on the commercial side of this, so property managers. Who's making them look bad? Property managers don't want to get fired. Are they working with someone who's making their job harder, making them look bad to their boss? And so the pain for a property manager is, is just that. Am I, how can I make your, how can I make you look good to your boss? It's going to be different from the pain of in a residential situation or even an industrial situation. Um, and then, uh, the last thing here is don't wing it with next steps. So don't wing it with IR, don't wing it with your confidence and don't wing it with your time management and scheduling. And, and so therefore next steps. Yeah. 
set them, set solid ones. Yeah. And I, I would, I would close, um, just to, to sum up. So, you, I mean, you use the word confidence a handful of time, Andrew, and that, so confidence comes from your identity. It doesn't come from success and roles. It comes from your inner self. So, so true. Make sure so true. you're managing your inner self. Like you're no different than the day you were born. Right. So, so pretend, you know, be proud of who you are, be comfortable in your own skin and project a positive identity, but control what's what you can control. So look at your roles. And again, you know, we'll look at a role as a salesperson. If you're not seeing the success that you want to see, start to look at the process, break down the process, whether it's next, maybe, maybe it's next step agreements need to be better. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not finding pain. Uh, or, maybe you're not having budget discussions. De- decision process. Are you really finding out what their decision process is? Are there is there anybody else competing against you or for your work? Yeah. Are there other projects that are being considered? So maybe maybe the HOA is thinking about getting the parking lot redone or getting the roof replaced. Do yep. you do you realize that you're if you're the roofer that you're competing against the parking lot? Yeah. Exactly. So so look at your roles. Okay. Again. Those roles don't affect your identity, but look at your roles, break them down. Where do you need improvement? And ask the right questions. What can I do to make this a better situation or make me a more effective salesperson, more effective in this particular role? Ask the right questions. QBQ it. Jimmy, it's been too long. I love it. Been too long indeed. Great to be here. Thanks, Andrew. Always good to be here. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.